Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. Your host, Tara Kennedy Klein, is out to dispel that myth of the perf child and encourage parents to let them out of the box. Each child is unique, and this show is just the place to stand up and shout out that fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. So right now, join the queen of accountability who advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. Here is your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. I'm your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. And uh, it, it's so funny because before I, uh, I joined the, the show here today, before I was dialed into the show, um, I was actually talking to one of my son's teachers. Um, my son, Alex, has Asperger's Syndrome. And it's so funny because it's, I, I'm glad that we have the topic that we have today because things seem to come into my space at the time that they need to um, to, to kind of honor my guest and, uh, and, and to honor what's going on in the world at the time. And I'm so, I'm so confused right now with what's going on in the world with our kids and, and the way we're raising them and the way we're treating them and the way we're criticizing each other for the way we, uh, we want to raise our kids and the parenting styles that we want to use. It's so goofy to me that we have such a thing as parenting styles nowadays. <laughs> it drives me insane. Um, but I'm finding that I, I live really close to New Jersey, so there's a whole lot going on with Governor Christie and, and the way he feels about teachers and how he feels that teachers are in New Jersey are running failure machines, as he calls the schools in New Jersey. You know, uh, uh, Christy, you can, you can have all the opinions you want, but when you start a, a insulting the people that are raising our youth and acting as if it's their problem that kids are failing, um, you really don't need to be in leadership. But besides that, you know, we have these we have kids that are being diagnosed at an alarming rate in our society, and we we aren't educating our educators on how to deal with these kids. And, you know, we have IEP meetings where we're supposed to take time, our teachers are supposed to take time out of their day to sit down with an individual parent and go through the nitty-gritty details of everything about this child's behaviors so that the child is taught in the way that they need to be taught. You know, back in the day that we all seemed to embrace so fondly because apparently all parents were perfect and all children were angels when, when we could beat them and, and all of those great things that we talk about, back in the day, teachers were just allowed to teach, too, you know? Like, we didn't teach to the test. We allowed kids to have several recesses a day. Um, gym class was actually a physical activity. Lunch was a social activity. You know, teachers could impart their wisdom as well as their opinions into their lessons. And kids learned how to deal with people on a social level as well as on an academic level. And I think that we put far too much credit on discipline and not enough credit on knowledge, experience, and, you know, just good old-fashioned values. It, people, we have to get back to the point where we can talk to a kid and find out what they like and what they don't, and we can have a debate with a kid without worrying about ruining their psyche 
and we can discipline a kid without worrying about how much it's going to cost us in psychiatry bills later on in life, we have to be able to get back to things other than just medicating and, and spanking. <laughs> you know, this isn't how our parents did it. So if we're talking about how great our parents were and our great-grandparents were at parenting, we have to go back to the real things that they did. Um, you know, sitting down and eating dinner together, having a conversation with the teacher and finding out what was wrong and working together as a team instead of blaming them for everything that's going wrong with our child's education. You know, it's, standardized testing is the most ridiculous thing we've ever done to our kids. And we need to cut back on the homework because kids need to be get, a, get out there and play. And I think once, you know, we have to stop blaming electronics and we have to start blaming um, our demands because we all want our kids to be number one and we all want our kids to be the best. Unless, of course, they're not, then we don't want there to be any winners or losers at all. So, you know, folks, I, I, I'm, you're, you're going to start hearing a lot of this from me. The problem with kids is parents. We have to get out of our own way. If we want to raise our kids right, then we have to go back to what our grandparents did. And what our grandparents did was not um, reduced to medicine and belts. So I have a blog about it, and I encourage you to read it. Um, go to my website and check it out. It's, you know, Nana's Parenting Advice. And we're going to be talking a lot more about it because I'm just I'm sick of it. You know, I'm tired of being the Pollyanna who sits here and says, well, that parenting style and this parenting... No, you know what, folks? It's a parenting mentality. And that's what we need to get back to. We've lost it. We've become the undisciplined children in our relationships with our children. And uh, so I am so excited to be interviewing today uh, my guest, Tim Hawk, who is the author of 50 Rules for Sons. And um, he's a lawyer. And he, uh, he has a lot of great things to say, including why some messages to sons need to come from their fathers. <laughs> oh, boy, Tim, I have a lot of great places I could go with you on that one. Um, so let's not waste any more time. Tim, are you there? How are you doing? I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. I have to tell you, you know, Tim... I, I have two boys. One of them is on the autism spectrum, and one of them is neurotypical. And for people look at my autistic son and say it's a discipline discipline problem. Oh gosh! And I go, if it's a discipline problem, then why do I have one son who's neurotypical who doesn't have these behavioral issues that you're talking about? You know what I mean? If it were discipline, it would be across the board, right? Well, you know, there's, just, there's just there's very little you can do about ignorance, you know, and you just got to ignore it. <laughs> oh my gosh! And it's so hard to ignore when it's coming from their teachers, though, Tim. It's and that's you know, it's one of those things where it came into my space right before I got on the air, and I thought there's got to be a reason for this. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. And I'm like, you know, oh, oh my gosh! I just I wish that we could do away with IEPs, and we could just make parent-teacher conferences exploratory me- meetings. Mm-hmm. Like let's find the best. Like let's find the best way forward. Meeting exactly. As you know, to, this is the kind as of, opposed to where's the blame? Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm so tired of the blame game. I can't even stand it anymore. You know, I was I was trying to be as as polite and and helpful as I possibly could until this guy came back and said, "Well, I stood there in front of your son and I asked him why he thought I was so frustrated." 
okay, you may as well ask a colorblind child why you're wearing a red shirt. Mm-hmm. An autistic right. child who doesn't have social knowledge is not going to be able to tell you that you're frustrated at all to begin with. He probably didn't even know you were frustrated until you named it. Boy, it's so true. You know, and I, I, I got on your blog, of course, to prepare for today and saw that about Stop Raising Einsteins. And that really resonated with me because every kid's different, and there's just not a one-size-fits-all. That's so so frustrating. So frustrating. So you have an amazing experience, um, obviously, with your boys that inspired you to write this book, 50 Rules for Sons. So what, you know, what was going on in your world that inspired you to write that book? Well, uh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, My son is now a junior in in, uh, college, but a few years ago when he was graduating from high school, my wife said, well, why don't you write him a note, just a congratulations note? And I sat down, I started writing, and I thought, well, I need to tell him a few things as well because he's getting ready to go on his own. And so, like most males, I was a little late to the game. Uh, And so I thought, you know, I forgot to tell him this, and then I forgot to tell him that. So it grew to a list of ten things I really wanted him to remember as he ventured out into the world. And then the list of ten grew to 20, and then 20 grew to 50. And I finally (laughs) had to stop at 50. So it's really kind of – it's really, as a lawyer, it's kind of my disclaimer. In other words, if uh, somebody comes to me and says, hey, your son did this or that, I can say, well, look, I told him otherwise in this rule book. Uh, so you, it's not so you my can't fault. Go, I told him yeah. not to do it. He did it anyway. <laughs> and it's in writing. So, oh my gosh, that, that's what happened. But it was a, it was really just kind of a labor of love, as you hear a lot. I mean, I I sat down and and uh, I, I'm not a lecturing type. I never have been. I'm more a conversation type. But uh, I just wanted to sort of let him know a few things. That's awesome. It's the, you know it's it's kind of funny. They say that everybody has a book in them. Um, and so often we think that that book is our own memoir for ourselves. You know what I mean? Like it's our story. Mm-hmm. And in my case, and I feel like it's kind of similar to you, in my case, my book wasn't about my journey at all. It was about my relationship with my son mm-hmm. and, you know, what I learned by talking with him. Isn't it incredible what you learn about yourself through your relationship with your kids? I mean, I just it, it's just, I, I, I'm amazed by it. Because I have two daughters as well, and I wrote 50 Rules for Daughters as well, which will come oh. out next, next spring. And uh, I, I'm just amazed by it. And, and when you sit down and really sort of take inventory of what they've taught you, I have learned a hell of a lot more from them than they would ever learn from me. <laughs> and incredible. don't you kind of wonder if that's not the way it was supposed to be? And we I just got so. it wrong, you know? I think so, you know? And <laughs> it's it's interesting you were just talking about your the teachers and, and just sort of the ignorance that you encounter at, at school. And I think, you know, one thing that I've learned from my kids is when I consider their circumstances and, and who they are as a person, I try to come at it with a position of compassion rather than judgment. You know, I just don't want to come at them and say, okay, well, why would you do this? And what would you do this for? I mean, that's not really a, a, a way to parent, I don't think. It's not, and it's funny. I just wrote, um, I just wrote a, a mini rant about that this morning. You know, when when you look at your kid and you say, "What's wrong with you?" Oh, you're not solving anything. You're just basically planting the seed in their mind that there's something indeed wrong with them that they can't see. <laughs> it's just that's just heartbreaking. What's wrong with you? Or what did you? You know, my favorite was growing up was, "What did you do that for?" In almost an accusatory tone. Like, well, right? I can't give you the whole panoply of reasons why I just did that. I mean, that's not really a question. That's an accusation. True story. And what if they would look at you and go, just to piss you off? 
<laughs> well, that would have been the correct answer back then, probably. <laughs> or the, the, I mean, not it the but the you would have gotten one. your butt handed to you, but, oh, I mean, yeah. my goodness, if our children would answer answer us as literally as we question them, it, we would have some really nasty relationships. Uh, uh, we're about it, to go to our first commercial break, but when we come back, Tim, I really want to talk to you uh, about the top three rules um, that you want parents and kids to take away from your book. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Okay. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you. Hold your hand as they point the way and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend, Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. The Woohoo Radio Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse, involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Tara Kennedy-Klein. I'm hanging out today with Tim Hawk. Is that, am I pronouncing that correctly? No, it's, it's actually pronounced Hoke. Rhymes with Coke. Hoke. No, okay. But that's <laughs> I'm okay. I'm from County, that. so we just, we pronounce things really odd here. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so you are the author of 50 Rules for Sons, and before the break, you're um, telling us about what inspired you to write the book. Um, what are what are some of the rules that you talk about? Like I'm, I know that there's got to be some pretty important things that you discuss in the book. But what are what are like let's say your top five? Well, you know I've got a bunch of different. I try to cover all of the different uh, contingencies for a child's life. Um, but some and some of them are, are pretty specific, and some of them are a little uh, more general in nature. Uh, and so, and I don't really have a top five per se. Um, a lot of them are, one of them is offer those less fortunate a helping hand, even though uh, folks may not appreciate it. Uh, and then I've got one here that uh, that said, my rule number five is, in business it is best to try and get along, but remember there are some people you will run across who don't understand anything but a hard kick in the nuts. Make sure your aim is good. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's, some of it's a little irreverent. Um, and then I've got, and then at the back of the book, I've got explanations for each rule, and in, in, in terms of how I learned the rule, how, how the rule came to pass for me, because uh, I learned most of these rules the hard way. Here's another rule that says, don't ever assume that others are looking out for your best interest. Some people are, but most people are not. If you find someone who is, guard and treasure that relationship above all others. Uh, another rule is be open to and unashamed of the possibility that you might be wrong. I love that. Uh, and then there's 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 a number of them. It's just, uh, one of them is develop your spiritual side, but do not be a slave to form or ritual. Cultivate your own relationship with God. Mm. Uh, there's one back here that I get the, the one that I get the most uh, dialogue on. Uh, well, I've got I've got two that I really get the most dialogue on. One of them is my rule. Um, Number 22, it says, don't bring home stray kittens. Someone other than you is probably better equipped to take care of them. Uh, and then the other one that I get a lot of comment on, because, and I, there's a story behind that. Well, there's several stories behind that about stray kittens that I've tried to bring home and tend. Uh, but then the other one is, and I get a lot of comment on this, it says, if you want to get a tattoo, go to your closet and pick out your favorite shirt. Wear it every day and every night for two years. If you're not tired of wearing it after two years, then go get your tattoo. That's so brilliant. It, it doesn't say don't get a tattoo. It just says make sure that you can understand that you're going to uh, be have to live with that forever. Uh, so, which is something yeah, it's that, kind of committal. Right. You know? It, it, you know, my life is pretty trans. <laughs> my life is very transitory. So I think, well, I could not do very well with a tattoo. Uh, and then I've, I've just I've got I've got so many of them, but and then the other one that I get a whole lot of of of, uh, of, um, of comment on is one that says wait at least twenty four hours before sending a letter with a salutation, dear Judge Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> as you might imagine, there's a story behind that one as well. So. Oh my gosh, Tim! I would love to spend the hour just talking about the stories behind all those rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one's a pretty funny story. I'll tell you that just very briefly. If you have a minute, I uh, I did that when I was a young lawyer. I went down for a hearing in front of a judge, and the judge was really horrible. And he ruled against me, and I was really mad about it. So I came back to my office, and I dictated a letter back in the day, and I said, "Yeah, I, I, the salutation was, dear judge, dumbass." 
So I gave it to my legal assistant, and she typed it up, and she gave it back to me. And she said, you're not going to send that, are you? I said, yes, I'm going to send it. So I signed it, and I gave it to her. So overnight, I was thinking, I was tossing and turning, thinking, why did you do that? You know, I was so impetuous and so stupid. So I got up the next day, I got to the office, and I said, you know that letter I sent yesterday? And she pulled it out of her desk drawer, and she said, you mean this one? And she had not sent it. So I've had, I've had more good fortune of people looking out for me than I deserve, that's for sure. Wow. Brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's I hope funny. she got a raise. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, be careful. She's No, but she's, she's been with me ever since. I, I, I no, I married her. No, <laughs> no, but I do realize the value in, in keeping on good people that, you know, keep me, keep me uh, away from myself or my, my worst vices. That's so true. And, you know, here's the thing I love about that, Tim, is that so often we do what we know is right for our kids and they hate it. And rather than experience the discomfort, the momentary discomfort of feeling like our kids hate us, we go back on what we know is right because we want them to be happy. Isn't that so true? Oh, my gosh, that's incredibly insightful. You're right, you know, because we just don't want there to be any discomfort. And we think, oh, well, wait a minute, I'm sorry, let me paper this over real quick. Yeah. It's so true. Can you imagine if your secretary had said, well, I don't want him to be mad at me for not mailing it, so I'm just going to mail it. Oh, right, sure, yeah. You but know? He be really mad, sure. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I think that that's, that is such a great tool, not only for kids but for parents, to be able to say, if you if you say you're going to do something, Give it 24 hours. Sleep mm-hmm. on it before you before you go back on it. Because how often will you go back to your kids 24 hours later and they'll be like, you know what, Mom, I thought about what you did, or Dad, I thought about what you said, and you were right, and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredible. And I'll tell you another thing that I've started to do that I would like my kids to do is I started journaling a little bit and trying to sort of talk about the circumstances that I thought were just almost life-ending throughout my life. And I look back and laugh at them now. Don't, do you ever do that? And you think, why did I think that was a big deal? And the more, <laughs> well, the stop more raising Einstein that, is kind of a journal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, exactly. So it's kind, of your, it's kind of your sort of out there for the world to see journal. Yeah. It's great. See, I can be a voyeur into your life. Yeah. It's it's, fun. It's, well, actually, it's a journaling process. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah, it's kind of like um, you sit down with your kids every night and there's a journal prompt for every day and you discuss that journal prompt with your kid and you journal about your responses to each other. So, yeah, we could do pretty awesome things together with your book and my book and, yeah, it would be great. That's great, of course. We should do a radio show together or something. Oh, Uh, that would be fantastic. (laughs) You just tell me when and where. But, but, you know, I do like to talk to folks because a lot of folks just think, well, I've had a kid, then I can be a parent. Well, that's, it's not that easy. True story. Yeah. Anyway. It, and I wish that there were tests and, you know, inspections. And, you know, there's so many things that we do to keep up with the maintenance of material things in our lives. Mm-hmm. But we have nothing to keep up with the maintenance of our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We look at that as taboo. We look at that as it must be broken. You don't get your car inspected just because it's broken. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't take your baby in for a well visit because he's sick. Mm-hmm. You ta- you do these things as as maintenance, proactive maintenance. So why don't we do those same things for our families? It's just amazing to me. It is. I'm, you know, and it's funny. 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go. You're the guy. Well, no, I've, I was just going to say it's interesting because when I wrote the book, I had different responses from different people, and, and it ranged from, you know, who, who do you think you are writing a book, A, and, and, and then all the way to, wow, you must be an expert. Well, it's really neither one, you know. I mean, I, I don't claim to be an expert, but I do feel like I am able to impart a little bit of wisdom because I've raised three kids, and I've made a hell of a lot of mistakes. So, mm-hmm. you know, learning from your that, – that's the best teacher, right? I mean – Absolutely. I would love to go back and change so many things that I did. Um, so, gosh, let me at least be some give you some instruction on things not to do. Right. And if you have the message, then it's your duty to share it. You know, right. I, I was in the same position as you. You know, I was like, nobody's a parenting expert because no one's gotten it that right yet. And I still kind of feel that way. But then your PR people get a hold of you and they don't give you a choice and you have to do it or else. No one will talk to you. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that is so true. It's true. It's true. I, I gave an interview, and one of my PR ladies said one time, she goes, well, you can't get on a radio show and say you're not an expert. Right. <laughs> I said, well, that's a good point. I'll, right, I'll try exactly. to stay away from that. <laughs> so you can call me an expert. I'll call you an expert. But deep, <laughs> yeah. deep down, we just know that we're just really experienced at screwing up. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. But don't tell your listeners. Exactly. Oh, sh- I hope they didn't hear that. We can bleep that out or something. <laughs> exactly. So I want to, I, we only have like two minutes until our next break, and I really want to talk to you about why the rules are more effective coming from a dad versus a mom. Because, you know, honestly, we do you find that you get a lot of pushback from single moms? You know, I do get some. I do get some pushback from single moms. Um, but for the most part, no. I think, you know, Single moms, my sister uh, raised two boys and did a wonderful job raising two boys, but it was hard, and I have the most respect for single moms, um, but I don't deign to know what they've gone through, and I don't try to pretend to know what they've gone through. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I want to give them plenty of leeway, and I want to make pe- sure people know this is based on my experience here. This isn't based on uh, your experience. It's all unique. Right. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, well, I think it's kind of funny because you've also come out with 50 rules for girls. Was Mm -hmm. that written by your wife, or did you write that one as well? No, I wrote that one as well. I've got a daughter who graduated last May, or this past May, um, and from high school, and now she's a freshman uh, in college. And I wrote it for her and my other daughter who's younger than her, and I thought, you know, and, and the rules, they don't overlap at all. I mean, well, there's one rule that overlaps. There's only one rule that overlaps, but the rest of them are completely different. And uh, they're just based on my perspective. They, they don't have anything to do with my wife's perspective. My wife probably wouldn't have come up with any of these rules. Or she might have come up with a couple of them. But for the most part, they're my rules uh, and, and, and a uniquely male perspective. That's awesome. Well, um, we're going to go to our next break in a few seconds. But when we come back... Um, I want to talk to you more about what your wife thought about those rules and if she had anything to impart on them. And also, um, if there's any that you left out, because I think that that's important too. You know, I, I just love the conversation we're having, period. So when we come back, we'll continue it. Okay, great. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. 
It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you, hold your hand as they point the way, and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better, forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I am Tara Kennedy Klein, and I'm sitting here today talking with Tim Hoke, who's the author of 50 Rules for Sons. Uh, Tim, before the break, we were talking about, um, you know, if you ever get pushback from single moms, because this whole thing is written from the perspective of, you know, a dad to his son. It, do you think that they're, do you think that it's more effective coming from a dad? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I, uh, perhaps some of it is, uh, but but you know what I we were talking about the fifty rules I wrote for my daughters as well, and that's something that I've gotten a little more pushback from, just because uh, moms, whether they're single moms or, or or you know other moms, they've looked at me and said, you know, how do you know? I mean, you know, you and and true, my perspective is uniquely male. I mean, and and some of the rules reflect that, uh, and they look sort of male-like. I don't know how to really describe that, but they're a little probably overprotective, uh, more overprotective than they would be perhaps with my son. And so, uh, you know, I, I can't really make excuses for it. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I, I am who I am, so. You know, Tim, I have to tell you, you may have noticed that I'm a little bit unconventional in my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 
I happen to be one of those people that believes that the way a father raises and speaks to his daughter is how she's going to perceive um, her worthiness and how she should be treated by men in her life. So if your if your wisdom to your daughter seems to be a little over the top protective, that's okay in my opinion. Uh-huh. Because cool. I would rather have my daughter look for a spouse that's going to be a protect- protector, um, that's going to be a conversationalist, that's going to you know care about her well-being. It, those are the kinds of things that I would want my daughter to look for in, in well, a spouse. You know. Yeah, yeah, and, and I I agree with that. You know, and it's interesting because the biggest the biggest thing is you got to give your kids you got to give them the ability to take on the world when you're not around and that's the biggest thing. i just don't want to have my daughters out there thinking that a man or another woman or anyone is better than they are uh they may have different talents than than my kids have but they, that doesn't mean that they're better and so i some of these rules are sort of designed for that and just sort of designed to give them a little wisdom about things that i've i've learned one of the rules well two of the rules that i get a lot of comment from for my daughters First one is uh, number eight, and it says, "If you worship physical beauty, you will never be pretty enough." And then the next mm-hmm. one, right after that, is says, "If you worship money, you will never be rich enough." So you know you got to figure out what's your focus. What are you going to look at? And boy, I'll tell you, I spent so much stupid time thinking about things like chasing money and wanting to look my best and wanting to look good. Not look your best is fine, but thinking, you know, trying to be physically attractive and it's just silly you know there's so much reinforcement out there uh with magazines the media about you have to be skinny and you have to be this and you have to be that it's all bs you know it's just not it's just not important unless you choose to make it important and if you choose to make it important that's really your own deal so yeah and i remember i remember as a a young girl i'm short i'm like four ten and a half and you know when you're under five feet tall that half an inch you, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned, you talk about it. Um, so I remember as a girl in like ninth grade, 10th grade, thinking that I was fat, calling myself fat, other people calling me fat. And when I look back on pictures now, I go, oh my gosh, that was my reality, but it wasn't true. No. You know? And we, we destroy our kids and we don't even realize it by... Um, by the way we speak to ourselves in their presence. Oh, it's in, boy, I'm so glad you said that. That is incredible. And I catch myself doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do the same thing, and you've got to be so vigilant about that. The things you say, well, I can't eat that, or I shouldn't do this, or that's fattening, or gosh, look at my hair, or, you know, anything. Right. Just, we've got to be so vigilant about that. I am so glad you said that. Uh, but <laughs> But some of these are uniquely, you know, like, more, I don't want to sound patronizing. Like, I've got a couple in here that people have also commented on that they said, well, you would never tell your son that. Well, you're right. I wouldn't tell my son that. And maybe I should. Like, I've got one in here, number 28, that says, for my daughters, it says, a broken heart is the burden you will sometimes bear for the beautiful gift of the capacity to love. You know, mm-hmm. that's just kind of something I tell my daughters. I'm just not going to tell my son that. I don't know why. Maybe that's wrong, you know, <laughs> but uh, it's, just, no, it's just a different approach. No, because we view the world differently, you know. That's why John Gray did so well with his books. You know, it's because women and men view things differently. 
Women mm-hmm. are more of the nurturers. Men are the more of the protector, the provider. You know, so to talk to a man about a broken heart, they want to fix it. They don't want to embrace it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> or, right, exactly. Or, or, or go out there and break somebody else's heart. <laughs> exactly, right? Or do some damage, you know? And, and I tell and yeah, exactly. And I've told my daughters this a lot, and this is one of the rules I don't have right in front of me, but it says, you know, today's misfortune will likely turn out to be tomorrow's blessing. And, you know, that's another thing. I just wouldn't tell my son that, you know, because like you just said, my son would think, misfortune my ass, you know. Right. What do you, i, I got to go get some revenge real quick. <laughs> it's, just, it's different, you know. It's just a different approach. So Yeah, it's so true. And I think that we have gotten – I think that one of the biggest mistakes that we've made in society is trying to level the gender playing field. Mm-hmm. We weren't meant to be leveled. No. You know, what, so we, about, what you know? women bring to a, to a work environment or – a negotiating table or a marriage or a parenting team is so different and yet so much more valuable or not so much more valuable, but is just as valuable as what a man will bring to those same things. We have to learn how to play with each other, you know, with our strengths instead of always trying to be equal. Yes. And isn't that, that's what makes it so fun, really. I think so too. You know, I, I, people used to say that I was a feminist because I kept my dad's, because I kept my maiden name. I hyphenated my last name. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, you feminist. I'm like, feminist? No, <laughs> I loved my daddy's last name and I'm his only child, so I kept it. <laughs> sure. You know, it's like, why does everything have to go right there? And so I think that the fact that your rules for your daughters are so different from your rules for your sons is actually brilliant and necessary. If they were the same across the board, it would be unfair to the uniqueness of the genders, I think. I think so, too. And like I said, there's only one that overlaps, and the only one that overlaps is number 50. And it just says, no matter what is in front of you, walk toward it with confidence. And that's what the whole book's about. You know, have the confidence. You've got the tools. You just need the confidence. And if you have confidence, you can do whatever you want. I really believe that. I'm just, I'm not, that's not just some platitude. If you've got confidence, you can do whatever you want. It's true. As everything that holds me back in my life is something that I was told as a young person that I couldn't do mm-hmm. or that I was bad at. And, and, and then once you do it, don't you just feel like, wow, you know, that's all I needed. What was I, I thinking all that time? Yeah. Why, why did I let that <laughs> hold me back so long? Seriously. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, I wish I'd done this 10 years ago or 15 or t- whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's true. So true. It's, it is. Yeah. And, yeah, so I love that you're doing that. So what is your, what's your wife's whole, what's your wife's whole take on this? Oh, she she likes it. She she really does like it. I mean, she really didn't have much input into the rules. She, she, um, she's probably the most compassionate person I know. I mean, she's just extremely open and, and non-judgmental and and that's just uh so a lot of these uh I've I've learned from watching her it's not that I've uh you know learned them myself a lot of the mistakes I've made after I've made made the mistake I've just and she's not at all demonstrative about it she doesn't say well you should have done it this way or you should have done it that way where she comes from is a position of you know just just uh unconditional love and that's that's pretty cool to see that's amazing 
Mm-hmm. I, I'm still flabbergasted by the non-judgmental thing because there are so few women that fall into that category these days. Oh, with our, my kids, she's she she never really takes a, a, a judging role on our kids. You know, her the way she, you know, I had a uh, I had to uh, do a bit on Good Day Dallas, um, and it was just about how to talk to your kids or how, how to talk to your teens. And I talked to her about it before I went over there. I said, "Well, what do you think about this?" I said, "I really need to kind of look at this." And I started thinking about how she talks to our kids. And you know how she talks to our kids? She listens. That's all she does. That's pretty big. If you can sit there and listen, and then after you listen, in other words, just shut up, the mm-hmm. other thing she does, so I, I distilled her, her rules into three. The first one was, and they're all S's, start with S. The first one is smile. When your kids come <laughs> and see you, you need to smile at them. Don't frown or scowl. Okay, that's number one. Number two, shut up and listen. <laughs> and then number three, support. Whatever they say, support them at that time. Don't say, well, you should have done this. You know, there will be a time for instruction later, but when you're in the middle of the conversation, don't start it and don't turn it into a lecture. And those are my three rules in terms of how to speak to your kids. And really, I learned them from watching her because I sure sure don't do that. When they come in, it's like you mentioned earlier, male and female. I want to fix it Mm -hmm. or tell my kids how to fix it. Sure. That's why I think that's why women and men have such a hard time having conversations about things. Because women want to vent. That's why they hang out in packs. Because we, <laughs> mm-hmm. we just want to vent. But when we take those same vents to our, our male friends or our spouses, they want to fix it right away. And we're like, yeah. shh, 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 don't talk. Just listen. I don't want you to fix it. <laughs> so yeah. I, love the, I love the whole, and I, I really, really love the smile. Because, you know, if you walk into a space and someone's frowning at you, the last thing you want to do is is open up to them and tell them what's on your heart because you feel immediately like you're going to be um, judged or scolded or, you know, criticized. So, yeah, I love that. It's an invitation, really. It's just an invitation. It is an invitation. A smile is always an invitation. When we come back from this last break, I want to first tell people how to get a hold of your book and what you have advice that you have for young men in their relationships with women when we come back from this break. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you, hold your hand as they point the way, and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend, Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage, 
courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Welcome back, everybody. We are in the home stretch of a really great show with my guest, Tim Hoke, who's the author of 50 Rules for Sons. And, Tim, before we uh, get into the last part of our conversation, I want to make sure that everybody has a way to get a hold of you. So um, tell us how we can find your books and find you and all of your information. Okay. Well, uh, the book is available on Amazon. So if you just go to the search bar at Amazon and put 50 Rules for Sons, you'll find the book. I also have a website that's 50rulesforsons.com, but it's easiest just to go to Amazon and put in 50 Rules for Sons uh, because 50rulesforsons.com will just lead you to Amazon anyway. And I have a blog, uh, and it's just Tim Hoke, uh, and my last name is H-O-C-H, timhoke.wordpress.com, where I sort of ramble on about certain things, um, and, and, and most of it is related to, you know, just what's happening in my life. It's, it's nothing that has to do with uh, the law or anything. It started off, uh, a media consultant told me I needed to write about different areas of the law, and it was just painfully boring. So I started writing about <laughs> just stupid things that occur in my life, and it's been a lot funner. And it's sort of my ongoing journal, kind of like yours. And so that's fun. Uh, so that's timhoke.wordpress.com, H-O-C-H, T-I-M-H-O-C-H.wordpress.com. That's so fun. I'm definitely going to check it out. Because I'm like I'm a I'm a law junkie, um, mm-hmm. but I'm also an information. But I I just love how people write and how their personality comes out in the stories that they tell. Um, and you can learn so much by just, well, my, yeah. Yes, you know, one of my my, my most recent one was I, the title was I'm running for Congress, and uh, it's so funny because it was tongue in cheek. Look at if I if I were to run for political office, which I would never do. But so many people wrote me, and they didn't read the article. <laughs> they just said, wow, that's great. Congratulations. <laughs> well, I'm not running for Congress, so, 
And then another one was about the time that I was a drug dealer. And so I'll just leave it at that. You'll have to do that. <laughs> and see, that's the kind of thing that I find so funny, Tim, is that, you know, being a blogger myself, um, there's two things that I find really funny. A, that spell check doesn't recognize the word blog or blogger. And B, <laughs> that people will that. comment at nauseum on a title without ever reading the body of the article. <laughs> it's so true. It is so funny. People just, they just they don't even look at it. I'm like, really? I wrote an article called It's Time to Tell Your Kids You Don't Like Them. <laughs> <laughs> That's greatness. And then everyone is like, well, Tara Candy Klein doesn't even like her kids. Exactly. You know, <laughs> Evil Mother of the Year Award goes to, you know, it's great. That is so, greatness. That's hilarious. Me and Kate. Ugh, so, uh. <laughs> Why is she on the radio? <laughs> Kate, oh yeah, she's uh, she she lives in my hometown. So John funny. and Kate and their eight live in our in our hometown. Oh, really? So How it's funny so funny. Yeah, yeah. The once TLC got them, you couldn't touch them with a twenty foot pole. It was so funny, and now they're all coming back. So we like mm-hmm. them. You know, they're working mm-hmm. in restaurants. <laughs> we can talk to them while they wait on us. Ugh, it's terrible. <laughs> That's so funny, though. So I have to, you know what? That kind of brings up an interesting question for me because everybody, it seems like women are so, are becoming so masculine in their familial roles mm-hmm. and their corporate roles. And do you, I, you have a unique take on that or you, you have a unique thought on that, don't you? Well, I don't know if I do or not. I'm not sure how unique it is. Um, I, I, I really, uh, I'm surrounded more by women than men in, in my professional life, and uh, and that's by choice. Uh, you know, I just trust a, a woman's judgment uh, more than men uh, for the most part, and I don't know why that is. Um, I, I just think they come at it from a different, uh, less egotistical uh, approach, and so that's just sort of the way I've been, um, and so that, that's, you know, I don't really have any. I mean, I have several anecdotes I could use, none of which they would want me to use. But uh, <laughs> that's that's where I that's where I am on that. Um, and and I just think that uh, strong women in particular, uh, if 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 men are intimidated by that or think that's too masculine, well, tough. You know, that's just the way. That's just the way it is. So, do you think that the way men are perceived? Do you think that a, a man's role? in society and in the home is different from the way it's being presented. Do, do, you, do you believe that there truly is this emasculation of men going on? I don't know. That's a good question. I haven't given that much thought. <clears throat> I don't think so. I think if you can make men uh, more sensitive, if, if that's quote-unquote an emasculation, uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I do think that there's a certain amount of toughness that you have to instill instill in your kids, uh, no question about it. But women can be tough too, so I just don't know that you can really call it an emasculation. It's kind of weird because I still, um, if there's one thing that I can say for um, having both parents in the home, I mean, I know that there's a million different arguments for, you know, so many single women that we hear today are saying, I don't need a man to raise my kids. You know, that may be quite true. Financially, emotionally, you may not. But there is just something so awesome about having a tag team partner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, that somebody can walk through the door and you go, 
I'm just not ready to deal with these kids right now. It's your turn. Uh, I you don't know? care. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I don't care if it's a hobo. If they can come in and help <laughs> me for 10 minutes, you know. I mean, remember the days, and it's still like this somewhat, because I don't know how you hold your kids over. There's days when a trip to the mailbox is like a vacation. You know, I just need, I just need, you know, five minutes to get, you know, gather my thoughts. It's so true. I tell my girlfriends that all the time. I can remember when my kids were still in a car seat, and I loved it so much because you could strap them in that car seat and close that door, and for those <laughs> 50 seconds that you were walking around the car, you were just alone. Oh, it's so true. And you were just taking deep breaths and just, okay, I got this now. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. The car seat. You're right. That is a little vacation. Yep. I, I, yeah. It's, we, we need to embrace those little moments. And I just feel like, um, you know, maybe, maybe you can do it on your own, but you don't have to. Give yourself a break. Oh my goodness. Right. So what do you have in our last few minutes? What advice do you have for young men in their relationships with women? Because we've been talking about that a lot. Oh, wow. Um, well, I'll start with uh, women and my, my 50 year for daughters. It seems like an odd place to start. But one of the things that I tell my daughters is, especially for people between ages of 18 and 35, I tell them most men, not all men, but most men have – two obsessions between the ages of 18 and 35, sex and sports. And I tell my daughters, you know, indulge the uh, latter and not the former um, because, you know, that, that's not that, – that's an objectification of who you are. That's not necessarily a love. It's a lust. So, you know, they, you, you just have to be careful. And I, most of it is just give women space and respect them. Uh, that, that's a lot of it. And then I guess the other one would be the uh, the rule that I mentioned earlier, and that is don't be afraid to admit when you're wrong. Mm. It takes a long time for people to get that, regardless of if they're men or women. You know, and it seems so simple. You know, uh, I tell you, my, when my brother was married um, a long time ago, uh, the pre- Oh, my gosh, Tim. We've lost you. It's so scary. I'm going to miss you. <laughs> we only have a couple minutes left in the show, so I don't know if we can get him back. But, you know, it's so funny because Tim was, I'm, I'm sure he was going to tell a story that's similar to the one that I experienced, and that was, you know, my husband and I had been together since high school, and it wasn't until our ch- our oldest child was three years old that we realize that we have two choices. We can either be right or we can be happy. And, um, you know, it was one of those situations where we were standing there screaming about something that was in the newspaper that had absolutely no meaning at all whatsoever. And, uh, you know, my oldest son came up and was like, hey, is mommy going to cry again today? And that's when we realized that, you know, being right isn't as important as being in good relationship and right relationship with the people that you surround yourself with. So, Tim, I'm not sure if you still have time to tell your story uh, about your uh, brother-in-law, yeah. but... <laughs> um, well, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. That was really strange. Uh, but in any event, yeah, just real quickly, the, the three rules that, that, the, that the priest talked about in terms of relationships, uh, and they were real easy, and I, I, I think they're important for kids these days that are entering relationships. Three rules, share, care, and be fair. And if you can do those three things, then you will have a long and and healthy relationship with whoever you're with. It's, you know, it's so funny because 
I love that. And yet it's, it still takes a certain level of maturity to understand what those things mean outside of ourselves. We could do another hour on each one of them. <laughs> really? I mean, you know. It's true, isn't it? Oh, you know, uh, we, want, we want our kids to share when they're toddlers, but they just don't understand why they should because what's in it for me? Right, you know? right. Yeah, and I'm all about sharing as long as you're sharing with me, sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's true. And true. We've, gotten to in, we've gotten to a level in society, and it kind of goes back to that thing that we were talking about before where um, we're, we're trying to put both genders on the same playing field We've gotten into a role in relationships that's more common now where we don't share like we used to. We mm -hmm. have separate bank accounts and we have, you know, everything is separated. And I think one of the biggest things that we're failing to do in front of our kids and for our kids is to show them compassion and show them making up as much as we show the disagreement or the conflict. You know, those are so... Sharing and caring, and what was the last one? And, yeah, share, be care, fair. and be, be fair, right. Oh, I love that, and that what a great way to end an awesome show. Tim, I'm so thankful that you could come on and share your insights and your messages and your experiences because that those are the things that truly, you know, no matter what degree you have, no matter what books you've read, those are the things that truly make an, us an expert in our own message. So this thank was, you so much was, for sharing thank you so that. Much. This was very fun. And I've done a lot of these interviews, and you're you're really good at it. So I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> well, thank you, Tim. That's a perfect way to end the show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so until next week, everybody, keep playing. Thanks for listening to Stop Raising Einstein with your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Make these Stop Raising Einstein principles your own. Love unconditionally, give freely, laugh openly, learn daily, grow immensely. And of course,